Hello, it's Liana Bolden with Eternally Speaking Now. I'd like to start with Jeremiah 31, verse 14. The Lord says, I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. Something special came as a result of teaching through the book of Ruth at a women's Bible study a couple months ago. It was so powerful that I documented it in my journal when it happened. Initially, I thought this occurrence was private, but as time passed, the Holy Spirit prompted me to share it with a friend, and then another friend, (laughs) and then another, and then one more. It was at that point that it was apparent to me I was to share this now with all of you. So following is what transpired, as chronicled in my journal a few months ago. Right in the middle of teaching a Bible study segment, When I came across the words threshing floor in Ruth chapter 3, I was hit so mightily by the Holy Spirit that I suddenly stood still, like frozen. It just was like in a split second, a series of things had simultaneously hit me. One was, as the words threshing floor like fell out of my mouth, it's like they made a U-turn and came right back and penetrated my soul bypassing human understanding, just literally leaving me spiritually stunned. This was beyond me in that moment. Just the words threshing floor really hit me hard. The second thing that happened simultaneously in that moment during the study, various people in the Bible who experienced God at a threshing floor suddenly flashed before my mind. Think David and and Gideon, Joseph, Uzzah, and Ruth. And it just melted my heart. I felt like I was being linked together with with each one of those people all at once. Not with my brain or my intellectual knowledge, but with my spirit and my heart deep within. The third thing that happened in that split second was (laughs) I was just left with the longing to run away, just leave the room and and go be alone with Jesus. (laughs) It was an unexpected yearning that I couldn't grasp yet. The Lord was doing something, and I didn't know. Well, in that moment, I had to move on with the teaching there with the women, so I told them all that there are great riches to be found in the Bible if you study on the words uh, threshing floor. So I encouraged them to do a scripture search on their own, and I made a mental note to do so myself later. Well, a few nights later, I got up for my middle-of-the-night prayer time, in my my prayer room. I happened to be dealing with some strong emotions and a difficult situation, so my prayers that night with the Lord were especially raw and needy. At some point, my spirit sensed the Lord say, lay down on my threshing floor. Immediately identifying with the intimacy of this invitation, I began to cry. I took a towel and I laid it down on the floor. I crawled down and curled up at the feet of Jesus, like Ruth did with Boaz. I can't tell you how precious and personal this experience was, and it just seemed so real. Would you like to know what kept pouring out of my mouth as I laid there with my Savior on our threshing floor that night? I kept saying, take me under your wing, Jesus. I find refuge under the shadow of your wing. It was a merging of the two times that this 
is spoken in the book of Ruth, along with the same phrase that's repeated in Psalm 91. Listen to Ruth 3, verses 4, 7, and 9. Naomi tells Ruth, You shall go in, uncover his feet, Boaz's feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. Well, Boaz lied down at the end of the heap of grain, and she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. And Boaz said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. All of this happened on the threshing floor. And then Psalm 91 verses 1 and 4 say, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall find refuge. As I reclined there on a lowly bath towel that night, I continued to pray as if to be Ruth herself, recognizing my position of desperation and dependence. At some point, I identified with Ruth so intensely, it's as if time stopped and I was transported back in history, literally living her reality as a Moabitess, a woman from Moab who needed a redeemer, a provider, a protector, a defender, as one who had no hope but him, and as one who was eventually grafted into a spiritually royal family to be used of the Lord through a string of events orchestrated by God to bring Christ to the world. You see, this was Ruth's story, and it somehow became mine. And now it can be yours. For Ruth's reality is each of ours on God's threshing floor. Let me leave you with the challenge. You know, bowing before the Lord has long been a familiar position for me, but it's somehow maximized now through the Lord's personal prompting to do so with a threshing floor mindset. Bride of Christ, (laughs) Jesus is calling all of us. He's wooing each of us onto his threshing floor. So you're probably asking, okay, what exactly does that mean? I believe the key is found in embracing the biblical significance of threshing and winnowing. So let's look at some Hebrew root words for our English word, starting with threshing floor. The Hebrew word for threshing floor is goren, and here are its definitions. It means to smooth, made even, an open area, a barn floor, a corn floor, or a void space. That's what a threshing floor is. Smooth, even, open area, barn or corn floor, a void space. The threshing floor is where threshing and winnowing take place. Which begs the question, uh, what exactly does it mean to thresh and winnow? Well, great question. Let's go to that next. The Hebrew word for thresh is duish, which is defined as to trample, to break, to tear, and to tread down, okay? To thresh is to trample, break, tear, and tread down. 
Winnow, the Hebrew word for that is zara, which means to toss about, to diffuse, to cast away, disperse, scatter away, spread, and fan. On a physical level, the threshing floor is where, after having been reaped, the harvest grain or the corn is taken. It's then threshed or crushed by a heavy sledge or a grinding wheel, which loosens the grain from its stalk. Once ground, the milled mixture is then winnowed. It's tossed up in the air where the wind separates the edible grains from the husk or the chaff. Are you capturing this powerful illustration and its application to our lives? Listen, the threshing floor exemplifies intimate worship. It's a place of surrender, separation, and sanctification. It's both a condition of our heart and a work of the Lord, where our obedience to come undone before Him merges with His purifying presence, which releases us to be nourished and strengthened, that we may in turn be used of Him to feed and empower others. One of the friends with whom I shared this experience summarized it perfectly. She said, The threshing floor is the need to remove the world from us. It's the process of dying to self and being transformed into his likeness. There is suffering in the process of the crushing. She concluded by acknowledging the separation of our new life in Christ is like the wheat from our old nature, which is like the chaff. She said, death is swallowed up and we now embody his life. Amen to that, right? So Ruth's very name means friend or friendly. And what Ruth did was she was obedient. She was intentional and selfless. And our calling in Christ is nothing less. Jesus said in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Spending time with Jesus at the threshing floor has now become a regular part of my time alone with him. And it has, it's changed my life. The way the Lord has ministered to me as I've taken on this posture is phenomenal. And so I ask, will you do the same? And friend, if you're hesitating to approach the threshing floor because trampling, breaking, and crushing don't sound appealing, please keep in mind what is actually taking place. You bring your messy, mixed-up emotions to him, and he separates lies from truth, bringing comfort and clarity. You bring your impossible situations to him, and the wind of his spirit fans away all confusion, revealing unimagined solutions. You bring your strongholds to him, and he tramples, tears, and treads them down, leaving you with freedom, courage, and fresh revelation. You bring your fear, bitterness, anger, sorrow, insecurity, pain, all that stuff to him, and he casts it all away, tossing it out as useless chaff, replacing it with purity of mind and heart. And as if that's not enough, would you like to know what happened as Ruth left Boaz's threshing floor? She went away full. 
Check this out. In Ruth 3, verses 15 to 17, this is what it says. Boaz said to Ruth, Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, Naomi said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six ephahs of barley he gave me, for he said to me, Listen, Boaz said to Ruth, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. To say that Ruth went away full is an understatement. Not only was she abundantly endowed with grain that provided for both Naomi and her in the present, but her seed upon marriage with Boaz would eventually lead to the birth of Jesus Christ in the future. Yes, Jesus the Son of God and Savior of the world, the one born on the floor of a humble barn in Bethlehem, is a direct descendant of Ruth and Boaz. What if Ruth had never gone to the threshing floor? Oh, let us not miss our opportunity either. God's threshing floor is humble. It's simple. It's approachable, like a barn floor or a corn floor. His threshing floor is smooth. It's even, stable, and secure. Jesus is our safe place, an open area where we can be honest, fearlessly admitting our weakness and need. It's where our void spaces are made full with his abundance. And then he sends us out with more than enough to share with our friends. (laughs) He will not Let us leave empty-handed. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, how beautiful. Oh, how bountiful. Yes, full.